0: In a world with too much pop culture to consume, one man and one woman will argue about it until they get bored. It's an epic battle between obsession and indifference, and the winner will determine, well, very little actually. Eric Johnson and Emily Jones star in Giant Geek versus Mega Noob. Whoever wins, we're still losers.
1: Welcome to Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with.
0: And the other has never even seen.
1: I'm Emily Jones.
0: And I'm Eric Johnson. If this is your first time listening, you can find more Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob at gvnpodcast.com.
1: And you can also find all of our past episodes on iTunes and Google Play.
0: Today, we are breaking the formula yet again just as we did yeah sorry about that uh we we broke it everywhere we'll clean it up later um same way that we did a bonus episode for la la land where we both had a lot to say about that movie so many thoughts uh if you missed that episode go back it was back in february i want to say like just before the oscars it
1: was the day of the oscars yeah day
0: of the oscars um go back and listen to that one that was a great episode um we're going to do a similar thing here if we do
1: say so ourselves
0: I'm just saying I'm biased. (laughs) I'm not saying I'm an objective, you know, source. And I'm just saying it was a great episode. (laughs) That is my opinion. Uh, If you want to argue about that, that's a whole other podcast. But no. um, So we're going to do the similar thing for this episode. We have both watched a movie recently, and we both have a lot of thoughts about said movie. Uh, Emily, do you want to say what movie that is?
1: Yeah. So after I came out of the movie theater, I literally texted Eric, have you seen this yet? i have so many thoughts and then i had to spend i've had to spend all this time withholding any comment which is irritating but it must things, be painful <laughs> the things we do the things we do for this podcast we're talking <laughs> we're talking of course about another musical another recent musical movie in fact starring a famous person named emma uh Whoa, that's
0: creepy actually <laughs> you know emma
1: watson was originally supposed to be
0: in lala La land. La 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 land i anyway, know anyway
1: and now and now i've given it away it's beauty and the beast we've both seen the new live action beauty and the beast and we we have a lot of thoughts about it. So and I don't b- before know who's we go first,
0: <laughs> before we launch into this, I'm I'm delaying the inevitable here. Um, we should give some context as to why the original Beauty and the Beast is like a significant, like 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 what what does the original Beauty and the Beast mean to you?
1: Okay, um, it's interesting. It's interesting because I was actually on the phone with my mom and I yesterday, and I said to her, you know. Beauty and the Beast is is like one of my one of my favorite Disney movies. I love it. And she was like, "Really? You like Beauty and the Beast that much?" She was like she was kind of surprised by it because I think yeah. she mostly remembers like the problematic things with it. <laughs> and I'm sure she also remembers the fact that the 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 Disney princess that I was more outwardly obsessed with as a little child was Pocahontas. Pocahontas is the only Disney princess that I ever went as for Halloween. Uh, I used to sing. Oh my, I don't know why, I don't know why, how I survived childhood without my parents killing me for singing just (laughs) around the river bend constantly. And like in the car, there was this windy driveway we drove around. I used to sing it all the time. I, you know, I had, it was like literally the only princess merchandise that I ever owned that my parents ever bought or someone bought and gave to me. I had Mm -hmm. like a little child's plastic bowl and and cutlery set of Pocahontas like Mm -hmm. I don't yeah so so I'm sure that's the one that my mom remembers me being more obsessed with however I have seen Beauty and the Beast a bajillion more times in part because despite my Pocahontas obsession we never actually owned it but we owned Beauty and the Beast on VHS so I've seen it a million times (laughs) and also probably more to the point and why it has stuck with me more as an adult is a it doesn't have all of the revisionist history and racist problems that that uh <laughs> the Pocahontas, Pocahontas has, has when you watch it as an adult. Um but also, I mean, you know, I was as as I have demonstrated often on this podcast, you know, I was like like a reading obsessed little child. Um and <laughs> I mean, so 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 Belle, you know, she's she's the Disney princess that kind of like resonates with me because she's this like little weirdo who walks around and reads all the time. I mean, the thing in the thing in the opening number in the cartoon when she is walking along reading her book and the like somebody dumps Water into the gutter, which let's water, be real, this is I mean. yeah, it's 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 like the the animation color of water, but like let's be clear, this is 18th century France, and someone is that duck, is a chamber don't, pot dumping a bucket out of their out of their window in the morning. It's clearly a chamber pot, but anyway, yeah. it's running down the gutter, and she doesn't even like remove her head from her book, and she like flips the sign and uh and you know keeps it from the water from hitting her in the head. Like that's me, like I walked around, I'm not. As far as I know, never with, you know, a chamber pot, but like <laughs> I, w- I walked around like my entire little life with with my note, with my head stuck in a book, um, you know, like doing doing things one handed while reading, um, you know, the first purchase that I made for my new apartment when I moved here was um, this like this antique book stand that I found at a at an antique shop that, like, stands, you know, it's it's sitting on my kitchen counter so that I would be able to put a book on it and, like, it has little weights that hold the pages open so huh. that I could read while doing the dishes. Like, literally. Wow. Like, yeah. So, like, <laughs> I, I, I identify with Belle really heavily uh, for that reason. See, I Obviously, figured that there would be,
0: like, a, a specific answer there, but I didn't realize how... I should have guessed how intense that that, that nerdery would be
1: <laughs> yeah and so and so I've seen it a bunch of times I own it on um, I own it on Amazon so like I you know watch yeah. it periodically and like Oh, I also, <laughs> when I was in, um, I, I never had, Denver d- took dance, like, seriously, but I had, like, little ballet classes at uh-huh. the YMCA, and my recital for ballet one year was to the opening <laughs> song <laughs> from Beauty yeah. and the Beast. Yeah. <laughs> I still remember some of it, but anyway. Um, yeah. So, no. So, like, I have strong feelings about it. Obviously, like, a lot of things, I recognize a lot of problems with it, but yeah. I still love it.
0: Yeah. Um, I have strong feelings about it, too, but for different reasons. I also similarly had a different Disney movie that was the obsession of my childhood, and that was Peter Pan, uh, which, which I believe is on seen. our list. Yeah, you've yeah, never, never seen, seen that. that. Um, but then Beauty and the Beast Talk about was, racist
1: problems, though.
0: Well, yeah. Oh boy. Uh, that one's a doozy. Um, Beauty and the Beast was... A movie that I really, I'm sure I must have watched it when I was a kid, but I only actually got into it much later on when I was in high school and then like an adult. And it was after the point where I started to appreciate, you know, animated stories not as just kids' fair, but as, you know, movies in their own right. And so it was really a movie that I, that I, um, first watched or first really appreciated really really sunk my teeth into as an adult and it became quickly kind of even after reviewing some of the nostalgic favorites of my childhood it quickly became just one of my favorite musicals period not just disney musicals but it's musicals period Um, there's a
1: reason i mean there is a reason the movie was the first animated movie nominated for best picture mm -hmm. at the oscars like it's 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 a really good movie. <laughs>
0: and the thing is, and this is why this is why Disney is brilliant and why they've made hundreds of millions of dollars, is that they know that the original is so strong that no matter what they do with a remake, they will make a lot of money with a well, with a live action remake like The
1: thing is it's why it's why they keep it's why they keep making these live action remakes too yeah. I mean like the, this this one is a particularly strong one but like I mean let's not pretend that Cinderella isn't the quintessential right. you know Disney princess story to millions of little girls um and adult women who grew up on it and, and all of you this. know what and I, boys and i bet i everyone. bet there are millions
0: of boys who are really into the jungle book I saw oh the i was obsessed
1: of... with the jungle book yeah, i love the jungle I, book I did we never especially that...
0: cared for it, but it was you know it was it, i've seen definitely seen it yeah
1: yeah that was another one we that was another one we had on vhs so like i i love the jungle book yeah. and so and so now we'll get into i think we've now reached at an we've reached the point to get into at what at least was my attitude, and I think was yours as well, going into this. Yes, I saw it because I love Beauty and the Beast, right. and was always going to see it. Let's be real. Yeah. Um. But. Like, I didn't want to. Like, I, 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 I went into it fully expecting to... So so I saw Cinderella, and I know you saw the, the live-action Cinderella. I know you saw the live-action Jungle Book. Yeah. Both of which are, are Disney movie, the original cartoons that I think both of us are sort of lukewarm on. Right. At best. Um. And so, you know, so the live-action Cinderella was... It was fine. It was a perfectly adequate movie. You know, Richard Madden is a gorgeous man and definitely should have played Prince Charming at some point in his life. <laughs> and and you know, it was it was a beautiful, lovely movie. Completely forgettable. I don't regret going and seeing it, but I'm never going to watch it again. It was fine. It was just, you know, it was fine.
0: And that's how I thought about the live-action Jungle Book. Like, there was some great CGI. Uh, Christopher Walken as King Louie, that was a great choice. Bill Murray as Blue, great. Uh, Completely fine. Forgettable. I will never watch it again. Because, like, the movie itself did not really do much improvement on the original. It had these Two celebrities who I love in kind of a stunt casting thing. And it did have some cool CGI, but it wasn't cool enough that I was like, oh, my God, I have to buy this on Blu-ray and revisit it and really inspect it. No, I was I was I I was sufficiently impressed for one viewing and then I was done. Um, Right.
1: And so that's that's what I expected going into this with some potential added. Like I was also worried that I that I would have a more negative reaction because I have a much stronger positive connection. Exactly. The original movie. Um, And because I have doubts about Emma Watson as a singer and because from the trailers, like I think you were the one that pointed out how how, you know, especially Lumiere and Cogsworth, but Mm -hmm. all of the things were very much in that the uncanny valley zone of animation where it's like not not cartoony animation enough to be like cute and fun and not quite realistic enough to be like like just it looks like a real candlestick so it's just this it's kind like, of like it's like
0: something out of Rick and Morty like it lo- looked kind of like uh Cronenberg Rick and Cronenberg Morty in a way kind of like some sort of weird you know <laughs> it,
1: well it's just yeah they looked they looked weird and creepy from the trailer so anyway yeah. that's 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 where we're at going into it and yeah we I still don't know how you felt about it
0: uh all right I'll, I'll just I'll I'll pull off the band-aid. Nor do you know
1: how I felt about it?
0: um so, I wrote this down. Uh, this is a quote that has been attributed to Woody Allen and Mel Brooks. It's probably neither of them, um, but I feel like it's appropriate for this movie. Pizza is like sex. When it's good, it's good. And when it's bad, it's still pretty good. That's kind of how I feel about this movie.
1: Oh, man. Okay.
0: Like, I did, definitely did not enjoy this as much as the original. I had several problems with this. But wow. At the end of the day, I was still decently entertained. I, I I, I, think the on the strength of Nostalgia and the strength of my enjoyment of the original, this is a movie that, that revels in fan service and in a few very small ways does try and do what The Jungle Book cannot. It does try and add on to and maybe fix some old problems with the original or add on, add on to the story, maybe in ways that are present in the original story which I haven't read I'm not sure. Um so I also think the low expectations I went in with definitely helped this movie. Overall, I did not love it, but I liked it. I I enjoyed this movie for the most part. Uh it's a very qualified uh <laughs> enjoyment and you're making a face that I can't quite discern. If that is <laughs> complete disagreement or.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I think I think the best way to, to say this is to uh, to share with you some text messages that I sent to people other than you, because, of course, I knew that we would probably want to talk about it, at, whether for a podcast or not. And so I wanted to check whether you had seen it. Right. Um
0: this is what you sent to everyone else. Who, who yeah. So this is what like I sent. Just as an example, total strangers passing, passing by on the street. You're just like, I need to tell you, total stranger, about my opinions on
1: this. As thing. An, as an example, this is what I sent to my friend Riley, friend of the show Riley, who mm-hmm. was our guest for for West Wing, it, and she she knew I was seeing it already. Um, all caps. This three, three separate text messages. The first one is all caps. Holy fucking shit, Riley. Next message. I am a wreck. Next message. Holy shit. It's so good. (laughs) She then sent me a bunch of screenshots from her sisters uh, saying essentially the same thing. Um, Also in all caps with many emojis. Um, One of her sisters said, uh, everyone does a great job and it is basically the animated movie to which I responded, she's wrong. It addresses so many issues with the animated (laughs) one. I wouldn't say it's better, but oh my God, go immediately. (laughs) And then I continued to text her about a bunch of related things afterward but like and that's that's pretty much the tenor of my conversations with basically everyone else that I talked to that had seen this movie or that hadn't I loved it I Consider loved it Consider me a lot. extremely
0: surprised. I I was <laughs> not you 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 uh, uh, successfully suppressed your your true opinion. I know on this movie. <laughs> I know because
1: you were so like so when I said you know when you said you hadn't seen it and I was like I withhold withholding comment. Yeah, yeah you were yeah. like oh no oh, like you read <laughs> all of my withholding comment texts as like well, oh I no mean, I'm so apprehensive and I'm like no you're wrong I loved it it was amazing I oh my god it was so good I mean I have issue I have many many issues with it yeah but I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I was in tears for like a lot of it. <laughs> I didn't realize that Audra McDonald was gonna be in it. Yeah. So like when she was there and started singing, I was like, oh my, oh my God, it's Audra <laughs> McDonald. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And M- then most oh- of
0: the cast of this, I had no idea. Obviously, I knew Emma Watson was gonna be in it. I didn't know Ewan McGregor was in it. I didn't know Ian really? McKellen was in it. I didn't know. Yeah, like anyone. i uh, had. I because I was like, because of my 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 feelings about the original and about remakes, I was kind of just like avoiding a lot of the discussion about this movie i wasn't i wasn't eagerly reading about it the way that i would say like a new star wars film right i wasn't like oh my god i totally was (laughs) so
1: (laughs) i mean i forgot audrey mcdonald was in it it, but like i i knew all of the others and oh i mean i mean oh by the way we should note we're spoiling this movie oh yeah
0: spoiling Um, i mean it's basically it's mostly the same plot as the original
1: i know but there are also
0: yes we're gonna talk about some new stuff that they've they've added
1: right there are some things one of which one of which was there's part in the and the sort of the the tale is Oldest time reprise at the end yeah um where audra mcdonald is singing tale as old time and i was like oh my <laughs> god literally nothing could be better because like she is a treasure i we as humanity don't deserve audra mcdonald <laughs> and i love that song it's such a good song i mean i was in tears when emma thompson was singing it and like she was like all right at singing it i mean she still wasn't angela lansbury but ha huh, oh my god <laughs> I was in tears the whole time. And like the stuff that the stuff that you're saying, like, I, I assume I know what the things are that you say, like, oh, they fix like some maybe some problems that they had with the original. Yeah. Um, I was like, I watched them fix those problems. And I was like, yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Belle tries to teach a little girl how to read. And the whole town is against women knowing how to read. That's why they hate her. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and it and it fixes the whole thing about Belle being like, like this, like entitled snob, like who's, like, looking down on these clearly impoverished well, French peasants. Okay, She's let's, trying. Let's, She's trying to help, and they won't let her. But let's
0: actually talk about Belle, about the opening song here. So there's a running joke online and recently was uh, written up in this really funny, I think it was a Medium post that I shared with you um, mm-hmm. about sort of Belle's attitude in in the song, where where, where I think the, the post uh, – let me, let me find the actual – uh, title right of it. it's, um, it's like
1: beauty and the beast rewritten for Belle's insane ten- sense of entitlement or something like that
0: exactly it's basically about like you know uh, uh, the, it, this has been like the joke's been floating around in various forms but basically like how well here's this this entitled so-and-so singing about these little people these peasants in this french right town. it's
1: terrible and i mean she's clearly super privileged she knows how to read most of the rest of them don't like what the fuck is up with that
0: but like okay granted however in the original There was, I feel like, a naivete to that song, of, like, Little Town Full of Little People, where it felt more like she was singing about, like, a storybook town. Like, maybe it's just, like, you know, age of what I saw this versus, like, not having heard this criticism, but, like, in the original, it felt like she was singing happily about a town, and she wasn't, like, necessarily, you know, hating on them or whatever. In this version in the live action version it felt super like really overtly like little town full of little people like i i, I don't know it, it it just really stuck out to me in the first song just the the tone that that uh, that Emma Watson <laughs> sang it with maybe i'm just been spoiled by all of the the well i mean the joking, i think it's easier criticism
1: yeah, I mean, that that reading that right before seeing it definitely sort of informed informed that that sense, I think, for Maybe. both of us in clearly different directions. But, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's easier for us to see them as as like charming cartoon people when they're cartoons true as opposed to as opposed to when they're real people. Like that, I, I, you know, it's 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 harder to, like, they're, they're clearly, like, cartoon caricatures in the movie where they're, they're cartoons, as opposed to, like, right. when they're real people singing and, like, they look like dirty French peasants. No, I'm just it's talking like... about,
0: like, the tone that she uses when singing it. I, I don't know. Like, that that's, that, that opening song is, is such a great, you know, great I, I want or I wish song that it's, it like... It is.
1: Although, the lyrics really hammer you over the head.
0: Right. But let me, like, I was really, like, feeling like my fears were most confirmed in that that number. It, or in the, really in the first, like, 15 minutes. Because you have, first off, before Bell, you have this superfluous mini-musical number where it's, like, the people singing and dancing at the Spoiled Prince's castle. Like, before, before he gets cursed and turned into the beast. It was, like, this weird 30-second dance number that was just kind of there
1: yeah that was very odd although it it featured audrey McDonald singing so like i didn't have an issue with it being there being superfluous but i have far fewer issues with superfluous musical numbers than you do
0: yeah and then with the bell number i don't know i i like emma watson a lot as an actress i think she was great in harry potter great in perks of being a wallflower she's she's very good in this I don't think she was very good at singing Belle. I just maybe no, I just have too many feelings about about the original, but I really I was like, uh oh when that when that song was going on, I was like, oh boy, we're 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 in it now. Like <laughs>
1: no, I mean, emma Watson Emma Watson is definitely not a singer, and she is definitely not Paige O'Hara who mm-hmm. voiced the original. Right, Belle in Beauty and the Beast. I mean, she can't, she's, she does not have that, that kind of voice. My, my main impression from her singing in the opening number, and I will say, I mean, it was the, more the rest of the movie than the opening number that really sold me on the movie. Yeah. But, but my main impression from the opening number was, um, the sound, the sound mixers on this movie did what the sound mixers on Lava La Land* should have yes, done. Yes, I had and the same not. thought. The mix, the mix, the mix saved this movie and saved Emma Watson hardcore because it was so clearly mixed yeah. to. Assist her clearly not quite their voice. Oh, I thought you were sure. gonna say
0: that it was like La La Land, where a lot of no. the lyrics were muddled. Like not in that song, but in later songs, the mix was it was really bothering me. Like how, especially in the um Fu song about Gaston, the, the no one fights yeah, like Gaston. Yeah, that one
1: that one wasn't as good.
0: Jesus Christ, that that song is a hilarious little like you know little little intermission in the in the original. And it is always like fast lyrics, these quick rhymes, and like I couldn't make up, make out half of what Josh Gad w- was saying. It was, I, it was really, it was the same way that the "Going Out to the Party" song in La La Land, where the mix was like completely off. I, I don't know no, why. No, I agree it was
1: mixed about, I agree about that song for yeah. sure. That song, that song was difficult to hear. If I didn't already know the lyrics that right. they were singing, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't have been able to follow the words in that song because right. there were so much like. For some reason, they brought up so much like movement of people in the tavern. But for Emma Watson singing, and yes. especially in the opening song, like they for they, they sure helped her yeah. with the mix, which is what you should be doing if you're mixing a musical. Sure. Um, but no, I mean, I think the thing, the other thing about it is like, I. I had very low expectations of her singing especially on that song. I had already seen snippets of it and had oh, heard I snippets hadn't. of the singing. Yeah. So like I already knew that that was going to be lackluster. Like I wasn't I, didn't know that. I yeah. wasn't expecting that. I uh, that was that was a low expectation that I had. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I knew going in that that song was not going to be great and I and so so that was my expectation and especially I hadn't seen the um I hadn't seen the the end of the song, the little, the little like reprise coda that happens after Gaston's marriage, marriage attempt. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I had read without having seen it, that like that especially was bad because it's supposed to be like the grand crescendo and she doesn't have the voice to go there. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't. Although, I would argue that it's not that big of a problem because although there's the big crescendo on I want adventure in the great wide somewhere, the place where it ends is actually very like quiet and thoughtful. And, you know, mm-hmm. I've got so much more than they've got planned. It almost feels incomplete, you know, so 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 I actually didn't have as much of a problem with that. And and therefore, the surprise for me in that song was that her singing aided by the mix, particularly at that end part was. Not as bad as I expected. Yeah, and then they fixed and changed these little things that helped that helped me a lot. So, for instance, the song, or I mean, not the song, the the book that she has just finished reading <laughs> is Romeo and Juliet, not Jack and the Beanstalk. Which, like, that's a huge improvement to me. Huge well, and also, improvement, obviously.
0: And And also, I, I I really love the fact that her local library is one a library row of books. it's It's yes. just like six books, which is just like, Compared to the original where it's like, well, this seems like a perfectly fine, you know, library. This seems like you could have a lot to keep your mind occupied if you're really bored. But like here it's like, no, 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 she's really she this is this is a person who's starving for some some intellectual right. <laughs> stimulation. It's, it's
1: one tiny shelf of books. He's clearly like the only other person and only other person in town who's remotely interested in reading or books or anything. Mm-hmm. Um You know, and like sympathizes with her. Also, it's a library, not a bookstore. So she's borrowing books from a library, not having a probably impoverished bookseller of whom she is the only client giving her a book instead of selling it to her. Right. With it, she's always, yeah, like making it clear that it's a library helped. Also, I got mad during that song when there were clearly only boys going into the school and and then girls and girls doing laundry and I was like what the shit is this I thought this was supposed to be a more feminist take that this is me this is me like writing my angry my angry essay in my head as I'm watching a movie which is literally how I watch all movies it's mad
0: um,
1: and then she's She's also doing her chores, but doing them with her new invention, which which I was
0: really cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And she's trying to teach a girl how to read and they all freak out at her about it. I was like, yes, there's so much more backstory on this town and why yes. it's terrible. Yes. It's not just like, ooh, hoo, hoo, I'm smarter and better than everyone. It's this town has this like has this like anti-woman, anti-intellectual bent that is really like oppressing her and all the other women there.
0: Right. I agree. I feel that like that was
1: it that that got me. That was such a strong thing for me at the beginning that like you, you I was like in. riding high through the movie. I have other I have other positive thoughts, but continue.
0: I I, no, I feel like my positive thoughts are all things that this movie did like that that are at the periphery. I feel like the core, all of the songs, all the things that I remember most strongly about the original um, or almost everything about the original. I still prefer the original version. But there are a ton of little things that this movie did throughout. That that's one of them. Uh, another one being where, um, in the "Something There" song, where where Belle and the Beast are are playing in the snow mm-hmm. and all of that, where it's not just a monologuing song. There's actually dialogue around it, where you get a sense of a changing relationship. Right, where th- this is a movie that's really fleshing out the characters more in a good way.
1: They do some work on their relationship developing and changing besides a visual montage during a song.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, And so that's the thing. This movie, the, the places where it succeeds the most, for me, are... Not during the songs. It's in the scenes like Bell teaching the girl to read. It's the scenes like, um, or where where all of the later on where the servants are like, you know, they're almost permanently turning into the things that they're they're, they're cursed. That was become. the best
1: change. That was the best change for me. Where it made it made the stakes so much higher and the emotional weight, the emotional heft so much more because it's all of these servants and the servants' relationships with each other. It's not just the fucking beast. It's everyone.
0: Right. Now I should say that regarding the servants i hated 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 the version of be our guest in this in this movie i thought this was that was easily the worst song in in the live action movie I, even including the new songs which suck the new yeah the i hated new, the new songs the new the beasts Lay miz song where he's just ripping off one day more like why but really
1: badly and like I hate Les Mis. Honestly, like I really don't like Les Mis the musical. So yeah, like, I
0: don't. Especially. So like,
1: having to hear a song that sounded like an outtake of that was awful. Especially because it was a bad outtake. It was like I yeah. can tell why this this bad song would have been cut from this movie from the musical. But it wasn't. I it wasn't, it up, I think it wasn't bad.
0: written by by Ashman and and Mink. Like it, this is a newly written song. And no, I is, know. Yeah, um, but anyway, no, but like.
1: That's what I'm saying. I, so I, I hated that song.
0: So yeah, I hated that, and I and I really I, I know you love you uh, and McGregor, and I I think he was a it was a perfectly fine Lumiere in most regards, but oh my god, did I hate this version of Be Our Guest? I don't know what why what it is. Even though Be Our Guest was never like my all time favorite Disney song, like I I didn't think I had very strong opinions on it. I was so annoyed by the the cacophony. Of this version where it was it it was the combination of maybe the sound mixing and then all this extra crap that's going on all this extra cgi that that didn't need to be in there it felt like like a cgi showcase it felt like that really long scene in fantastic beasts and where to find them where it's just like one animal after the other where it's just like look what we can do with computers and no this this should be about this really well-written song that's actually communicating something about the story it it that that pissed me off so much
1: i think um i don't okay i don't disagree i just don't like i didn't my negative feelings like weren't as strong as yours for yeah. a variety of reasons i think um one of them was another another thing that has to do with expectations I and and another thing is, I mean, I I also agree with you that the things that I loved that I appreciated about this movie that were the really big, strong selling points for me were the were external to the songs. Like none of like it, it was mostly stuff that happened outside of musical numbers. But I think part of that is that I never went in expecting to like these musical numbers more. I mean, for a lot of reasons, like I.
0: See, I I You're... went in wanting to like them more. I went in with low expectations, expecting I wouldn't, but I went in wanting to be surprised. That's kind yeah. of my by default like state with with a I remake. Mean,
1: I mean, me too. I think I think it's just I think that with the musical numbers on this far more than in most other Disney movies, um, the one the one exception that I would probably compare to this would be Aladdin if they if they were to do a live action remake of they're, Aladdin. They're doing it. Yeah. But oh, that's upsetting.
0: Yeah, I know. Um
1: They're doing live action of
0: everything. Like seriously. That's another they're going to probably do a live action toy story at some point here. Oops, like it's idiotic. just gonna get there. <laughs> um
1: I but no, I um Aladdin Aladdin is probably the only other one that I would say where like my my Feelings about and connection to Mm -hmm. those musical numbers going back to before I even remember, because both of those movies came out when I was a child, but too young to actually, like, remember seeing them. Mm -hmm. And I had both of them on VHS growing up. So I've seen both of those movies a million times. The music in them is so fucking good that, like, I, I... I don't think I could ever go into a remake of either of those. Remote. I, I went in. I wanted. I went in apprehensive for sure, hoping to like it, mm-hmm. hoping the musical numbers would be good and would be better than I expected, hoping the movie would be good, even though I thought I, I it wouldn't be. So like I I didn't. I I also went in hoping to be you know wowed by the musical numbers, but I also never thought or I I like. Never thought it would ever be possible for them to to play the old ones for like, me. I,
0: like I like I said, I went in with low expectations, but but I just like I don't know.
1: I guess well, here's the thing. What 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 I'm trying to say is like I would never I would never ask any of these musical numbers to try to to try to you know be better than. The original ones so it didn't bother me that they weren't
0: when i'm in the theater and i'm in a theater with a mixture of there's a lot of adults there like like me and a lot of people who are you know with with no children who are are clearly revisiting a thing from from their childhood right there were also a lot of kids in there and i would be willing to bet that there are some kids who will see this version of the movie first
1: oh surely absolutely I, i
0: feel like you have to judge this movie you know with that in mind with 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 the idea that okay Disney has an obligation here. If they're going to remake this, then they need to do it well enough that this could be someone's first Beauty and the Beast, and they will see why Howard Ashman was a brilliant lyricist, right? And when you screw up the mix and guest on, when you screw up the, you know, the, the point of be our guest where, where, where you're completely taking away from the singer and you're just, like, throwing shit at the audience for the sake of the 3D version of the movie – I don't know. I feel like that's a failure just as a movie.
1: I don't think a kid is going to – like. I, I didn't come to the opinion Howard Ashman is a brilliant lyricist until I was an adult and had no, seen but you don't The need Beast to. literally hundreds of times. No, no, but you
0: that's the thats the thing, though, is that if you're making something that everyone can appreciate, then the idea is the kid can watch it, they can love whatever they like about it. They don't need to appreciate the thing about it when they're a kid, but then they can go back and still like it as an adult, and I, I feel like – that's what the original Beauty and the Beast does. It has something for everyone. Whereas I feel like this movie was it, it was like a switch turning on and off, where like, oh cool. They're building out they're making Maurice a much better character. Great. Oh, they're throwing shit at the audience so they can sell three D movie tickets. Bad. Like I I feel like this was like a binary, like on off, on off movie for me. You know I don't
1: what I mean? know. I I mean I don't, I don't not see your point. I just like, I don't know. I don't, I don't agree with it. And I also Mm. don't think that, I don't think that like, if you're a kid watching this movie for the first time, that you're not wowed by it, that you wouldn't fall in love with it. I think the thing that I'm going to need to do not right now, because we don't have time to deal with it right right (laughs) here in the podcast, but like, I kind of want to do like an addendum to this podcast where I talk to Riley's niece and nephew who are like, (laughs) who are like four and six. Yeah. And uh, and see what they thought of it and have them tell you that they were just as <laughs> wowed by this as by any other Disney princess movie. And that like and here's the other thing, the parents of those kids yeah. who who would see this as their first exposure to Beauty and the Beast, like if the kids love it so much, like if I were that parent, I would probably show them the animated one, too. You know, like, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, I I. Just... And, and I also, I will say, like, again, with, with Be Our Guest, like, I, I totally see what you're talking about with it. I mean, it was very clear, like, Be Our Guest is, like, the big, big production number set piece, right? right. Of, of the Of the musical. And it's so impressive and there's so much happening in the animated version that they felt an erroneous need to top it, which was kind yeah. of dumb. Because, like, they didn't know where else to go with it. I, I agree. It was overdone, but I was also not that, I don't know, I wasn't that bothered by it because, like, I kind of assumed they would do that. And I was taken more with the little details of, like, I loved that they had the, you know, the feather duster up there with a mirror, like, reflecting yeah, yeah, reflecting cool. the light to, like, create some kind of explanation, at least initially. I mean, they abandoned that eventually, but, like, a, a, some kind of explanation, at least initially, for, like, how is there a spotlight in the middle of this? dining yeah. room from this like <laughs> medieval era castle like what the fuck you know like i don't know i was more taken with those little details and like it didn't bother me as much that they did this kind of barrage of cgi which like of course they're gonna do that i also didn't see it in 3d so i wasn't as i like, didn't
0: either yeah no okay. i don't uh, but did you see the uh the i think it was an aladdin easter egg during be our guest did you see that
1: no but i think there's one in the original
0: no, so, so in the original Aladdin, there's a Beauty and the Beast Easter egg where, where the Beast is, yes. shows up in the Sultan's Palace. But uh, but no, in this, um, during Be Our Guest at one point, Cogsworth is on the table and behind him is uh, like there's like some saucers that are arranged susp- suspiciously like the the Agrabah palace, and Ka <laughs> with is wearing a hat that that looks more than a little like the sultan's hat.
1: Oh, so, you know what? I know exactly what moment you're talking about. I just like didn't it didn't like register for me as Aladdin, but yeah, no. I, as soon I, as I, as I saw Agrabah. that, I was
0: like, that looks a lot like Agrabah. oh wait, sorry, beating the beast <laughs> you know I, I had I had to like make myself get back on track with with, <laughs> That's with the funny. song <laughs> um. I I wrote down here in my my notes that I I took after the movie, uh, old man grump, too much CGI. And I I feel like...
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of what you sound like. I was just like, wow, like bowled over with wonder and also crying a lot. Yeah, and I mean, like a lot of my tears were totally like nostalgic tears. Like I, I get like goosebumps and a little choked up literally every time I hear Taylor's Old this time, except when Ariana yeah. Grande sings it because fuck that. Yeah,
0: no, that was um, <laughs> okay. So, but here, I mean, here's John the thing. Legend,
1: John Legend is great, but Ariana Grande, yeah. that song does not serve her talents, and she needs to go away.
0: I will say I was very, very impressed by Emma Thompson's version. I yes, think that that I liked was an, it. excellent. However, however, she
1: wasn't Angela Lansbury, of course and not.
0: If you're going to bring back anything from the original i was thinking in the theater wouldn't it have been great even though emma thompson is great even though we love her wouldn't it have been great if completely by surprise they just dropped the angela lansbury version in the middle of this no one who's new to the franchise would have noticed and everyone who has seen the original would have been like yeah jesus christ i'm crying like yeah wouldn't that have been better
1: I, I, it would have been better. No, I agree. And that was the one, that was actually the one more, more than any of the other musical numbers where, again, I have, I had. I just assumed that I would never like these musical numbers as much. Yeah. And that <laughs> even if I love this movie and watch it a million times, that the musical numbers in particular would never supplant the old ones. That's an assumption I went with. I went into going in yeah. and it seems like it served me well Yeah. <laughs> and perhaps better than your assumptions did. The secret to happiness. This is
0: another, another one the of those secret old to happiness. The secret to happiness is low expectations. That, that, that's it. Kids. Um,
1: <laughs> but, but that was the one where like, even though I never expected Emma Thompson to, to it, literally nothing, literally nothing, no one on this planet could touch the Angela Lansbury version of that right. song for me. That was that was the musical number that I was the most disappointed about because I love it so much and it just wasn't Angela Lansbury singing. Right. They picked it up a little bit by by throwing in a couple bars of Audrey McDonald singing it at the right. end. Like that that helped a lot for me. Yeah, no, and 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 I,
0: I, I realize that I do have a lot of criticisms about this, and I'm coming off as the old man grump. There is a lot that I did like about this movie. There, there is a lot of stuff. So, uh, in the interest of trying to be slightly more positive and less old man okay. grump. I um, have
1: criticisms too. But it's just because we had such different overall reactions. Yeah, I'm, I know, right? I'm I, coming off like I love this. You've, you've turned into the
0: uh, the devil's advocate, and I've turned into the cheerleader. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, or, well, what's what's the thing where it's like when the um, when they're deciding a new pope? That's where devil's advocate comes from, isn't it? Where it's like you have the uh, the advocate and the Whatever. I have no idea. Matter.
1: Literally the only thing I know about that is in uh what is that called? You oh, you mean The Apocalypse where Rob Lowe is is literally the devil's advocate in that he's like the um he's the guy who like researches and and he's like the skeptic who argues against people's sainthood yeah. to like see if see if their miracles are real.
0: Okay, so yeah, I, I I looked it up here. Uh the person arguing in favor of someone's sainthood uh is is like I guess the the official possession of the church and the devil's advocate is the one arguing against sainthood. Um,
1: right. That's what Rob Lowe is. And you mean the apocalypse and the apocalypse, which have you watched that?
0: Mm-mm, never heard of it. It's
1: it's, it was a fascinating limited, uh, limited run TV special thing. Hmm. It was like 12 episodes or something last year. It was interesting. It was pretty good. We, yeah. we might have to watch it. I mean, I've only seen it once, but anyway, anyway sidebar.
0: Um, so in the interest of talking about things that I liked about this movie, because there actually are several of them. Um I I liked uh a lot of the casting here. They're very good job casting Emma Watson. Luke Evans. Uh, Luke Evans played uh the beast, or who did he play? Gaston. Ken Stevens is the yeah. beast. Who even are you? I, I also, as someone with a beard, I really liked the the line at the end where, where know, e- Emma that. Watson says can, can you grow a beard. Did you grow
1: a beard? Uh, I loved that. Like thank just a thank nice little nod to people. like Yes, good job. Because, and cause, also, cause She's, like,
0: looking at him being like, you know what? I didn't sign on to be married to Fabio, you know?
1: She's just kind of looking at this guy. <laughs> I'm going to have to send you, and also we should probably link in the in the blog post to this, a fantastic article that someone wrote for Vulture uh-huh. called, Why is the Prince Always Less Hot Than the Beast?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Which is, like, a weird, absolute true thing that, like, that, like, I mean, that was true when I was little. I don't remember when I, like, first maybe became aware of that but the the prince is such a freaking letdown from the beast which is weird because the beast is a literal beast he has claws and horns and he is like this scary beast but no the prince is always such a letdown and so that little like sort of nod to the fact that the prince is a letdown was mm-hmm. great i loved that
0: uh i i also like the fact that um we get more of the beast sort of Personality, where he yes, is and
1: childhood yes,
0: yeah, and 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 also for that matter, Belle's background, where it's like, yep. hey, a Disney movie that actually acknowledges and really tries to maybe deal with trauma of losing a parent, and not just like this is we just fridged your this parent just to move yep. the plot along, like, and
1: also making making Maurice like like more of an actual yes. character with okay. a background. I want to talk about Maurice. Okay, I,
0: Maurice is maybe my biggest problem with the original Beauty and the Beast. Like the scene where Chip has started with Belle and he discovers the extremely convenient wood chopping machine that Maurice has built in the original to break Belle and Maurice out of the, the little basement there. Yeah, this is like, all basement. in the original. Yep. Mm-hmm. That is like the most like distracting, like obviously kiddie moment of the original. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff that in that movie that that was targeted for for kids enjoyment right. but th- that is just like the, the 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 most most distracting annoying part of the original for me is that one scene where it's well, how do they get out like of pr- a, out of prison
1: and mauissa is like a joke overall it's right. like it's like you're not supposed to agree with like it's obviously a bad thing for for Gaston to like be trying to like have him declared insane and sent away. Right. But like he's also clearly like the original version like clearly has a screw loose and he's like this like goofy character and it's just like what is yeah. this? This is bizarre. And no, so I loved this.
0: Maurice in this version is I think the maybe the biggest improvement over the original because you have yeah. Although I will say it's extremely weird that Belle is still dressed like a farmer, but she clearly lives in the town. And where does that horse sleep and eat? That's clearly not enough space for, for Philippe to live. But putting that aside... Maybe the fact there's that... some
1: kind of stow- town stables? I, I don't yeah, know.
0: no, I'm with you. Putting that aside, the fact that Maurice is now like a clockmaker or an inventor in, in like a smaller scale, that he's not like, you know, a, a like weirdly steampunk farmer
1: type um
0: <laughs> like i feel like that that yeah, was like he ma-
1: he's making like little little like clockwork music boxes they're like yeah. beautiful like intricate toys kind. he's of. a
0: craftsman and like that makes him weird enough that the town would still regard him as a loon but not in like a, a comical way like where he's just sort of he's just sort of eccentric
1: right and he has grief. he has he has grief yeah. and real depth and yeah and like there's there's a real beyond just like, oh, he's her dad, but like they have this, they have this sort of shared grief, shared trauma, shared pain kind but of it's, thing. But
0: it's, but no, it's not shared though. He, he right keeps not it from entirely her shared. Yeah. Because yes. to
1: protect her, he,
0: he has not told her yeah. about what happened to her mom, which, which, you know, in a lot of Disney movies, it would just be like, oh, my mom's not here anymore. But in this, it's like, wow, they actually like went there. I mean, they certainly sanitized it a little bit too, so that if you don't know what the Black Plague is, you you're kind of like, right. oh, she's sick, whatever. Um, but like, they actually went, I think, much farther than other Disney movies ever have. With like, this is really traumatic, and this is what grief is like. Like, really encouraging or pu- pushing the audience to empathize with like how tragic the situation yep. is for Belle realizing mm-hmm. what happened to and her mother for her father. and for her father. Right. It's
1: yes. There's so much, so much added depth and complexity there, which was great. Yeah. And to a lesser extent, I mean, because they did less with it and it also maybe didn't work quite as well. But like, I, I felt similarly um, for the, the added backstory that they gave the beast. Like they gave, they gave reasons for both for him being as big of an asshole as he is at the beginning. Yeah. And also reasons for, that staff of servants to like still be loyal to him
0: yes that you know, was that was like, another that thing that, was that i loved so good where were the where? I, if i remember correctly i think it's lumiere who says like you know oh well we we did nothing while he turned into his father or something yeah, like that or Mrs. I,
1: Pot- one of them says it and I forget, yeah no yeah. it's like and, and it is it's like they have this attachment to when he was this sweet little child and they have a loyalty to his mother who was like yeah. a sweet woman yeah and that's why as opposed to that's another like big problem with um, with the original and especially actually with the song be our guest yeah that just like takes it takes it as a given that like servants serve and that's what they do I mean if you actually listen to the lyrics of be our guest like they're basically saying like they're they, you know we're servants with no one to serve that gives us no purpose like yep. it's like wait a <laughs> second aren't you people you're also you these are these are also people they're not like no one is just a servant and well, no servant also... is not human, which is also what was so good about yeah. making their relationships matter, making right. Lumiere's relationship with the feather duster matter, making the wardrobe and the and the uh, organ or harpsichord or whatever it was yeah. be, yeah. you know, be a married couple that wants to get back to each other, making... You know, making those re- relationships resonate and making making the disappointment and the, the near miss at the end where mm-hmm. the beast dies also be all of them turning into inanimate objects. I oh, will... that's why that landed so hard for me.
0: Exactly. No, I, I agree 100% on that point. I will say, though, I don't think the interest needed to physically show up at the end. I thought it was weird that she was there to restore the rose. Like... I don't know. I felt like that took away from the power of the beast coming back to life. Of her walking up and being like, "Sup, I'm here. All right, gonna fix this." Yeah, like I'm
1: not. I- I'm not sure how I feel about that. the The one thing, the one thing that I will say, I my instinct is to is to fall with you on that. Um, the only the only thing that that makes me pause and say I'm I maybe on board with that. Mm-hmm is that it it diminishes or in fact honestly like kind of fully takes away the the notion of like the ma- the magic of true love's kiss
0: yeah exactly concept
1: because um, in the original, it's literally like Belle is like, oh, my God, you're dead, but I love you. And she starts crying and maybe she kisses him. I don't even remember. And like that, that in itself is what revives him. Right. And True Love's right, right. Kiss is also what revives Sleeping Beauty and yeah. Snow White. And and it's like it's such a goddamn thing with Disney that's like so problematic and sets up so many so many well, like, no, screwed up, screwed up issues and like screwed up impressions I, I about know like, for love in the world.
0: In the original, I know for a fact that she says "I love you," and t- in my mind, you. in my in my mind, like that was always what broke the spell. Right? Was was her earnestly saying that because right. that's what that was the condition of the spell. He needs to love someone, and someone needs to love him back. So, therefore, I don't know why the enchantress needed to physically be there. That that's kind of that was kind of my my block. I was like. What if? What if Belle gets distracted, and looks up me? I'm sorry. Who? Who are you? <laughs> like, I, well,
1: yeah. I, I don't know. I, I thought it was weird. I, so, yeah. My see, my appreciation of that is much. My 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 being uh, being okay with it, even though I I agree it was like a weird thing, and it was just weird that she was there in general. But I think the reason I'm on board with it is is far removed from a movie enjoyment level, and much more on a societal problems with Disney movies level. Yeah like you know dis dis past disney movies put so much weight on either tr- that true love's kiss notion or on you know that idea that like saying i love you like that that's some sort of magical thing that's going to fix right you know fix everything very and it's like yes obviously the the condition of his of his whole the whole enchantment was that he needed to love someone and they needed to love him back like yes right. that's that's the condition of it but like even though it doesn't maybe 100% make sense for Beauty and the Beast, like I don't know, I like I like the idea of of taking just a hair of power away from that because like sure. as we see we see very clearly in for instance Crazy Ex Girlfriend, <laughs> um, sort of the the extent of of like the problems that that whole concept can create. You know, it's yes. similar to um, similar to how uh, Maleficent did, if I'm remembering correctly, Maleficent, which was the live action um Sleeping Beauty, did a similar thing to what Frozen does mm-hmm. with the true love's kiss thing, where it made it about the love between the mother figure and the daughter figure, where and Frozen does the love between the sisters as opposed to the love of a man. Like any little any little chisel that Disney is willing to take to that <laughs> that notion, I'm like, yup. I thought you I'm hadn't seen for Frozen. That. I haven't seen Frozen, but I know how it ends. <laughs> i've then read that long takedown of frozen that you sent me which acknowledges that Oh, i forgot like, that i sent that to you the the, the <laughs> you know the true love that manages to revive her at Oops. the end is the love of her sister i, I don't <laughs> care i
0: yeah um spoilers for frozen i guess i mean
1: yeah. yeah most people have seen i'm like the only person who hasn't seen frozen at this yeah. point so um, um so yeah so you know what that, and that's that's the thing is it's like it's it's weird fair. because yeah. because it's very difficult for me to extract my my like childhood love of beauty and the beast and my my you know adult feminist issues with all of these things and like so much of that is so ingrained in how i watch movies that like (laughs) i i can't i can't separate those things out you know
0: well so on, on the topic of societal issues with disney movies uh we should acknowledge the quote-unquote exclusively gay thing that, that Disney I was. wish that
1: that had not been hyped the way that it was.
0: I don't know who the marketing person was who thought this was a good idea. But for anyone who who doesn't know, some sometime before the movie, Disney from In, some someone at Disney hyped up the fact that there would It was be like the
1: director
0: was it the director? I think
1: I think it was the director. In an interview, said that said two things. Said that Lefou would be gay and would be Disney's first openly gay character in a Disney movie, and Which, that there would not be not quite
0: true, but <laughs>
1: yeah. And that there would be an exclusively gay moment at the end. That was the direct quote at the end of the movie. This yeah. has created a huge controversy. People um, were threatening Russia, to boycott the
0: movie. Yes. And Russia like...
1: and Malaysia both said that they wouldn't, that they were not going to release it. Malaysia demanded that a whole bunch of this stuff be cut. Ultimately, both countries agreed to air, to, to run the movie, but they put age restrictions on it. So it's a PG movie here in the U S in Russia. It's, I want to say 16 and up. And in Malaysia, it's like 13 and up or something like that. Okay, they made yeah. it PG 13. <laughs> um, so yeah, it created all of this stir and all of this controversy. There was and there and it also for those of us who want to see openly gay characters in Disney movies and who mm-hmm. wish that there was more of that and and who think that that's a wonderful thing for society and inclusion, which both of you and you and I think. Yeah. You know, it made the whole it it building it bu- building it up was was a terrible choice. It it made um it may i was i was watching it so carefully and and you know waiting for it to happen yep. and i was you know hoping hoping that like it was going to be Gaston and LeFou, even though that's bad for LeFou to cuz like Gaston's an asshole to him yeah. you know i was i was like oh my god are Gaston and LeFou like going to kiss at the end you know and then when it was so close to the end and um and i thought until the very very end and it finally happened i thought that the quote unquote exclusively gay moment was going to be when the wardrobe, like, does those, like, dandy makeovers on the three guys which, and one of them is clearly into it.
0: Which I will say is, if you, it, which is not an exclusively gay moment, but is something that I think my San Francisco Bay Area audience definitely got a big rise out of they appreciated that (laughs) uh it was it
1: was great but i was scared that that was going to be what they meant until the very end
0: but but like i I will say though that is an improvement over the original because i I watched the clip from the original from the when the peasants are storming the castle and it's like the most like cartoony agonized shriek when when the wardrobe turns a guy into into a woman and it's just like hey cool good good for good for you we're on board you know, even though two of them don't like it, one of them does, and he he's cool with it. Like, good, good for you, Disney. Which
1: is like, which is like realistic, right? Because like a lot and of guys would react badly, but some would be into it. Right. Sure. Ha- cool. However,
0: the actual exclusively gay moment at the end, where where LeFou for half a second dances with dances another with man. Dances with that guy. Up the until guy that who, point, who she dressed up. up until that point, it's the same character that he was in the original. He's very fawning. He's very, uh, you know, just like he. He he's just he's just kind of like everything he says could just be written off as though he's just silly. He's not openly gay at all.
1: Uh you know, and actually Luke Evans, um, since since the movie ha- came out, Luke Evans, who is himself gay, the actor okay. in real life is. He, gay, the actor
0: who plays Gaston.
1: Yes. He has he has since said that like he agree- he kind of agrees with you. Like, he doesn't actually think that LeFou is necessarily like gay and has a crush on Gaston. He thinks that you know, they, um, he thinks that they're just, you know, they're friends and they go back a long time, whatever. My thing is like, I feel like I would have appreciated all of that so much more if it hadn't been built up. And if I had just gone into the movie and been like, Oh wow. So they're like really playing up that LeFou is a bit effeminate and that LeFou is like mooning over Gaston a little bit. And then to have that thing at the end happen as a surprise, right? Like that would be great. Now, I'm a little bit torn on that because that definitely also would have, would have brought some frustration because it would have created a world in which we were debating whether LeFou is gay or not coming out of the movie. Which instead we of going sort in. of are.
0: I mean, even we though sort of are, especially Lord with of God Lukevin says saying that he, doesn't he is, think so. but, but like, but, well, we, we sort
1: of are, but like, I you know, if the director hadn't made it clear that right. his intention was to put a gay character into this movie, we would be debating it. and, sure. and, you know part of the line coming out of the movie would be you know oh here we are again where the best we're willing to do is a winking nod and no one is willing to actually That's say a good point this is a gay character yeah however i still feel like a it would have been better as a surprise and b if you're going to put a gay character into a disney movie you should actually fucking do it yeah you shouldn't just be you shouldn't do this which is this kind of like still like like a weird weird half-assed thing and also means that you're you're what we're apparently going to declare is the first officially openly gay character in a Disney movie you're not going to make that character be someone whose entire role is being like a jokey throwaway sidekick who yep. spends most of the movie, you know, this is wanting and being ridiculous. Like you should pick a better character and you should do it better. If you're going to do this, which you fucking should Disney.
0: I think it was on pop culture, happy hour. They were saying like, Oh, finally Disney movies have caught up to the 1990s in terms of acceptance of gay characters. Like it, 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 really, also, it really, it really, it really felt like really that that's the best you could do. So
1: <laughs> also, also for those of you who don't speak French, Le fou means the crazy. Oh really? Yeah. I fou don't speak French.
0: I did not know that.
1: Fou means crazy.
0: Ooh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Um
1: not the best choice. I mean, I see where it came from cuz it's not that big of a leap from the original character to to say like, "Oh, maybe he has a crush on Gaston." But like Yeah. <laughs> uh.
0: All right, I, th- the best. I. I think we could, if we wanted to, keep on going for another half hour with this, uh, but we should probably. Well, we both have
1: other things to do with our days, and yeah, batteries are dying.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so we should wrap this up. I will. will just say uh, one more thing before we go, which is that this is totally bringing in outside stuff that's not in this movie, but Emma Watson losing her shit over a giant library. Totally, way more believable because she was Hermione. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I know you're not supposed to like bring in past characters. Hey. I know that that's like a bad practice for reading text, whatever completely immediately believed it when she, like, freaks out at the Beast Giant Library because it's like, oh, hey, it's Hermione.
1: (laughs) Hey, you know what? She also went to a college that has some pretty fucking great libraries. Uh, So so I
0: heard that, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Not that either of us is biased about the quality of the libraries at Brown University. Yeah, they're okay. (laughs) Just Yeah, they're fine.
0: Uh, All right, so uh, on that awkward note... God, I've forgotten how I end the show. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Eric, so, uh, until until next time, where can people find you on the internet?
0: Uh, people, you can find me on Twitter at esj. And Emily, where can people find you on the internet?
1: I'm on Twitter at EJReports. Great. Sometimes <laughs> tweeting about all of these very same issues.
0: Oh, man. This has been a long, long... I told you I had a lot to say about this movie. We've gone over an hour I told you I had a lot to say, too. Um, (laughs) This is Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. And this episode, if you're listening to it, the day it comes out... it's sunday just yesterday emily put out our episode about velvet gold mine so do not miss that episode i think that you call that one glam rock slash fic? i think i think that yes was... i
1: called it Glamrock rock slash because that's what that movie is oh
0: uh, yeah uh so so definitely uh i ho- we hope you've enjoyed this bonus episode uh give that a
1: listen and be sure to come back uh next week as well to hear our next episode which is about the social network i believe
0: that is correct this is giant geek versus mega noob dancing off this has been Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. For more, visit gvnpodcast.com.
1: Little town, it's a quiet village. Every day like the one before. Little town, full of little people. Waking up to. Bonjour. Bonjour. Bonjour! 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 There goes the baker with his tray
0: like always, waves The same old bread and rolls to sell Every morning just the same Since the morning that we came To this small provincial town